Anyway, we'd like to welcome our special guest today. Uh, again, we're, we're leaning on folks that are our, our folks that are, use the culture, use the language uh, in their lives and how it is a blessing to them. Today, we have a, a special guest and uh, I'd like her to introduce herself and uh, she can use her language if she'd like and then later use both English and Navajo if she desires to do so. So, yeah, she did. I don't think it needs to be a good thing. Yeah, it's a good thing. I don't think 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 Shimasando Shichea, a Anines Tabahado, Haski, Benson Tabaha, with the Indian, Ado Shinades, Anaya, a Annie, a Lucita, and Toledo Trujillo, with the Indian, Shinades, Tin, a Gilbert Anna, Signoria, Ado, Tayasana Shada, a Tay, Toda, Ado, and they Hello um, to my relatives and uh, my clan family members, as well as all those who are listening. My name is Charlotta um, Danakanez Lacey. Um, I am of the Tsotsoni, which is the Big Water clan, born with the Red House people. Um, my uh, maternal grandparents are the Black Street Blue people, and my paternal grandparents are the Mud people. And this is how I identify myself as a Dine woman, an Navajo woman. And my um, my mother's name is Elsie and my father's name is Gilbert Donnes Jr. And my grand my maternal grandparents are My maternal grandparents are from Clagato, Arizona, and my paternal grandmother um, and paternal grandfather they are from uh, Torreon, New Mexico. Very good. I love the way you introduce yourself because um, it's like I'm I'm this, but I'm also connected to all these other folks. And uh, for those that are listening, you, they can kind of begin to say, oh, okay, she's my grandma or she's my sister, that kind of idea. So it's really good that we have uh, ideas about uh, our, our uh, clans. Okay. Uh, here's my first question. Uh, what made you want to work in Navajo language and in education? I personally love to learn. Um, I think growth is a part of life. And I thought that it would be wonderful when I was given the opportunity to teach Navajo language 
to me, it was a great opportunity to share who I am as an individual um, and to share something that I that I love, which is my my Navajo language, um, Dinebizad. And partially, part of that was instilled in me by my family, my grandmother and my aunts and my uncles and my community that I lived in when I was younger. And I feel like my, my family had um, a passion for teaching Dinebizad and I feel that by teaching, going into translation and education, that I have the same opportunity as they do to be able to share my language and to to teach it and to, um, you know, and that that's one way that we could, or that I could continue to help preserve the Navajo language. So mm-hmm. I think it's natural for most people to want to share what they know and what the knowledge that they have to impart that onto others so that the next generation can enjoy what we have been taught and what we have been given. And so in a way, we're passing down that gift that we've, that's been shared with us. And so by, by, by translating and by going in, by teaching Navajo, I'm thankful for this opportunity um, to be able to share um, what is important to me. Yeah, I was able to be part of San Juan School District when you were teaching and uh, I remember how, though you might not have 100% of the skills that you need to be able to share, uh, the kids really enjoyed that connection that you had with them. And so, um, and I'm, I'm sure there's will be a lot more opportunity as you go forward. Um, so as you were going through, uh, what are some things that you had kind of like struggle with the, uh, the as you begin to work with kids in their classrooms and was there something that you felt like you didn't have the skill in but you went ahead and risked that I'll do it anyway because I I know that this is the right way absolutely I had a command to speak the Navajo language we uh, the Navajo language is a spoken language it is back when our ancestors spoke it it was just spoken and not it was not written or um, people did not read the Navajo language. It was not until the Navajo code talkers put the language to to the alphabet that people started to read and write Navajo. And so because of that, I didn't have the, the skill to be able to read and write Navajo. And so that's one thing that I accepted the position to teach Dinebizad so that I could learn how to read and write Navajo fluently. I know I spoke the language fluently, but it's another skill to be able to read and write the Navajo language. When I first got married, my husband, he actually could read and write Navajo better than I could. And so that was embarrassing, right? But so if there was a word that I came across, I would say, can you read this or sound this out to me? And then once he sounded out the word, I actually understood what the word was. And I would just spit it out and I say, oh, that's what this word is. And this is what it means. So, so you know, so he actually um, took a class from Garth Wilson at the College of Eastern Utah San Juan campus. And he and Garth was his instructor and he learned the Navajo language through him. And so he could read and write Navajo better than I could. And so I think that was another reason why I took on the challenge to teach Navajo is so that I could be at the same level and, um, you know, be competitive and do better than my husband. No, I'm <laughs> no. So, no, so I, you know, I, I was thinking this is, you know, um, 
I, I do want to read and write. And I've always had that desire. And it's not yeah. until we're given an assignment um, or that we finally make a decision in our lives to put forth some effort. That's when growth happens. Yeah. Um, otherwise, we may just think about it and not proceed, go forward, and try and better ourselves. But it's when we actually put forth the effort that we make progress. And so I feel like by teaching the Navajo language, um, I was able to share not only how to speak it, but also how to read and write it. Yeah, very good. As you answered kind of the next question I was going to ask you, and that is, how did you overcome that reading and writing? And you, you began that journey. And uh, now, wh- what, are you, what are you doing with it today? Um, today, I am doing full-time translation. Um, and so that is how I am currently using the language. Very good, very good. Um, so you've integrated the ideas of, you know, language into the work, you know, and the, kind of your career idea and working with the young people and things like that. What are some ideas or dreams that you feel like you would like to accomplish with this idea of language and culture? Um, first of all, I think that to continue teaching the Navajo language to others and that in our day and time, there's many platforms that you can share the language on. We have some um, Navajo teachers that are able to go on Facebook and be able to teach the word of the day, or even Andrew here, um, who's our engineer, he's able to put out some words on the Hojon Speaks um, Facebook platform. And so there's many ways that we can preserve the language. And so uh, when I was teaching at the high school, um, for San Juan High School, my students were able to help with the Duolingo app and we were able to come together and have Myra Audi, who was um, our supervisor. She came out from Pennsylvania, and she came for a whole week, and my students, they were able to put in um, different tiers of, of uh, language into the, the Duolingo app, and so that was a wonderful project that we were able to um, help out with, and um, so that's that's so so to me language preservation is important on any level and i know like with with um you clay and you put out a lot of different lessons like many lessons on youtube and so so my goal would be to really challenge myself to continue what has been started and to um, continue to share the navajo language denebizad with those that have a desire to learn because i think as long as people have a desire we should always be willing to share very good very good. I, I I know about Duolingo. I believe it's a very, very powerful thing that they started. Uh, I think of it as a plant that's growing. And even today, if we if we got connected to that idea with that with and the students, uh, we will actually develop things together, and we'll be able to say this is how Grandma used to say it, and then we can use it. And 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 so there, it's not one set way. It's not. Uh, somebody telling us this is the way to do it and that's the only way to do it. No, huh? Duolingo allows us to do many different versions of our language and that's, that's cool. So anybody that, that uh, desires to learn in that language, go to Duolingo and you can you can uh, benefit a little bit of what our students have been doing. Um, so now that you're, you're uh, enjoying the various things, the skills that you have, um, if, let's say there's either elementary kids or middle school kids or high school students, and you're wanting to share your your thing about the language and the culture, 
and you wanted to tell them this is important, what, what are some of the words that you would say to them? I think that like in English language, some words are very important. And in the Navajo language, it's the same is true. Uh, the word yate is very important. It's critical. It is how we connect with people when we say hello. And we are we look at that we um, we are able to um, say yate to people of, of all different cultures. But it's really meaningful in our culture because we're really acknowledging people and not being dismissive or or we don't want to give the impression that we don't care. And so I think the word yate really opens doors and it helps us to connect with people. So I would teach them what the word yate means. And yeah. then the other word that I would teach them is ahiha, because I think it's important to have gratitude in our lives. And the word ahiha means thank you. And I know that for me, like... Um, just some things, what people do for us, uh, or like even with my children at home, when they do a chore, I'm very thankful, and ahihat is one word that I would use. And yeah. so um, I, th- I think that, um, I think in the, the English language, they say please and thank you, you know. Yeah. But for now, I feel like it's yate and ahihat. Well, one, one, one other thing that I really notice about you is that when you're with the students or with your family member, uh, you use kinship terms a lot. Like, for example, when you say something to your little daughter or something, or maybe how important is, is that to you to say those kinship terms? I think it's critical. Um, I, I think that if we're going to give an identity to our children um, and if we want them to know that we love them and we genuinely appreciate what they do for us and these kinship terms become very um, meaningful when we use them, when we say shij'a or shiyaj or shij'a shema, shema sana. Um, I, I feel like this was taught to me at a very young age from, with my family. They, they started using these terms, and um, it was never like using each other's names. It was always the kinship term, like... Um, when I was growing up, like my grandmother, like if she took me to a squad dance, she would always say to me, okay, do you see that person across the room? That is your grandfather. And then the next thing that she would say is, not only would she introduce me, then the next step was to go over there and say, yat e you know? And, and I'm thinking, I have never seen this person in my entire life, and yet now I'm being told to go and say hi. But I think that was one way that my grandma taught me to show eh to show kinship is to not only know who people are that are surrounding you, but to go and acknowledge them. Like that's the most important thing to do is to, to always use eh, to, to say, you know, and, and, um, it's about connecting with people. It's about showing love and appreciation through the yat eh, and through the kinship, through the the terms that we use. Yeah. Uh, it's like one big family, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, and I know that it's done something for you, but as you as you went as you kept using it, what do you think it does for the other folks that get that? Met? You know, somebody says "shiche," what do you think it helps them with? Does it do anything for them? You think? I think it shows them that respect is still being used among our people. Um, because I think that is one way that we show respect to our elderlies or even just people, even our peers and our youngsters, is when we use the kinship terms, we're showing respect and we are letting them know um, who they are and who we are. Um, I feel like it goes back to the roots of being Dine, 
who we are. Like we're always being told, go back to your roots, know who you are, know what your clans are. And that is where our foundation is built is this is who I am. And so because this is who I am, I will share with, I I will acknowledge you on who I know you are. And that is one way that we can continue with um, teaching the the kinship terms. Mm -hmm. Very good. I know that uh, I really love this idea that uh, somebody said, uh, is that, uh, you know, you know, you're bilingual now. You're English, you speak English very well. You speak Navajo very well. You're kind of bilingual, meaning and thinking and feeling and all those are bi, bi, bi. Um, and, but, but this person said, you know what? When you speak English, it's like you're just feeding your head. It's like you're, you're, you're developing your head. But when you use your own language, you touch your heart. You you touch people's heart, you know. And that's kind of like an emotional thing for me. If there's anybody listening out there, I say it's worth learning this language, yeah, because it's your ancestors' language. And if you can just greet yourself to others like with the language, very very powerful. Let me put you in a mode of, let's say that you're now asked to speak at a big conference, you know, and all you see is young people, the next generation that's going to be who they're supposed to be and who, what, what they're supposed to hang on to. And you're, you're, you're the big main person to speak to them. What would you say to them? What, would you, what, what ideas would you place in their heads or in their hearts uh, so that they can feel like, I know who I am? Um, I would challenge our youth um, to hold on to the language. Um, I would challenge them, if they know the language, to use the language and to share it with others. Um, if they do not know the language, I would encourage them to learn the language. Um, with my students, at the beginning of each school year, I would tell them, you know, learning a language is like learning a sport, you know, whether it be basketball, volleyball, golf, tennis, whatever it may be. Like, it takes practice to be able to perfect a skill um, in sports and in language as well. And so I would I would encourage our youth um, to, you know, put time aside each day to learn one or two words, just to build their vocabulary. And that's how it starts. You know, language learning is about building vocabulary, mm-hmm. just one word at a time, and then you start to connect connect words and, and start making sense of the words and... Um, you know, I was a reading interventionist um, at an elementary school, and I remember when I was given this opportunity to teach students at a kindergarten level, I thought, this kindergartner has come in not knowing how to read English, and, and my job is to help the teacher as an interventionist to teach the student to be able to read the English language. And I'm thinking, okay, this this is got this is a challenge, right? And I was always impressed to see the students, the growth that they would met that they would the growth that they had, like from the the time that school started up until like Christmas time. They were they had mastered sight words and like um other words that were small they were able to blend blend words together to make to to make a word and then to create sentences and so i think that in the navajo language is the same way if we can really put on our our thinking skills and just focus on learning the language i know it is possible and so i would encourage our youth to to treat it like it 
like like it's a sport and to practice daily and the more they practice the more they will learn the rules of the game or in this sen- or in this case it would be learning how to um, put a language sentence together or to put you know how to put navajo into a sentence um, where the verbs go you know the um, where the subject is um, the, and the pronouns where they go and so if if they just put an effort into learning the language, I know that they can learn the language. And so um, I would just say practice, 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 like, and don't give up. Just just build on a foundation. Once you build a foundation, continue to build on that foundation until you have mastered the, the, the language. And so um, I know that it's possible. Um, I, I'm truly thankful that my grandmother taught it to me. You know, it's my first language. And um, not only my grandmother, but my aunts and my uncles and eventually the community, because by the time I went to Head Start, even there I was being taught the Navajo language. I was learning songs and I was learning stories in Navajo and along with English. And so I know that with with the support of family members, um, especially if you have fluent family members, it is okay to go to them and ask them questions and and they can help you along this path of learning the Denebizad. Um, and so I would encourage them to not give up and to continually move forward and um, to practice because practice makes perfect. Yep, that's right. Let me uh, conclude uh, another thought that... Uh, I would ask you, now I want you to think in terms of just, not just the kids. I want you to think about the mom and dads and grandmas and grandpas that are listening in. I want you to say some words as if it's your last words kind of idea that, that you like to share with with your people. What what good thoughts or what, what, what ideas would you like to share with them as, a, as your parting words kind of idea? I would encourage families, parents, and grandparents to continue to instill, you know, the positive qualities that have been shared with them from their parents and their grandparents. We, our culture is very rich with many teachings and with many stories and life skill thoughts and 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 what I would say to them is to continue to teach our youth like continue to be a good role model continue to love and care like genuinely love and care for their children and grandchildren to to not shy away from having conversations I know that every family dynamic is different. Some families are more open than others. Some family you come across and everyone is just really quiet. No one wants to say anything. I would say have open conversations about everything. Don't and and for us, like for for me, eventually I'll become a grandmother. I'm a mom right now. I do my best to share what I know with my children, but I also know that I can do better than what I've done. And so I think that we all can continue to push ourselves to commit to teaching our our youth, our children, what we know, um, even if it's just a few things, and even if it's things that we've learned later on in life that weren't really passed down. From our family members, but we've learned from other people, um, from friends, and from the community. Like these are all things that 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 are put out there for us to learn, but not only learn, but to share with others as well. And so I would say, don't shy away from having good family conversations, and especially about the language, and about the culture, and about the things that we value that are important to us. I don't know if you have a lot of people 
listeners and uh, would encourage anybody that would like to share information about who they are and how they preserve who they are uh, and, and the teachings that you were given. Even just one or two stories would be very powerful for us uh, because we're doing it for the young people. And if this podcast can be one way of helping, that's what we want to do. Yeah. Oh, um, This podcast is supported by the Nenejone Incorporated.